Welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is professional soccer player Andrew Jean-Baptiste. Andrew currently plays for Canadian club Valor FC, a soccer club in the top professional league of Canada. Andrew was selected eighth overall in the 2012 MLS Super Draft by the Portland Timbers, where he spent two seasons before stints with Chivas USA and the New York Red Bulls. In his 41 MLS appearances, a standout moment was his game-winning goal in the fourth minute of stoppage time against the Los Angeles Galaxy. Prior to his professional career, Andrew was a star defender at the University of Connecticut, serving as team captain as a sophomore and earning Big East Defensive Player of the Year. An American-born Haitian international, Andrew currently plays for the Haitian national men's team and helped the team reach the semifinal of the 2019 CONCACAF Gold Cup. Andrew, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. How you doing, Greg? Good to have to be on here. Haven't seen you in some time, so you you pop up on me with a show, and I'm just like, please, please, thanks for having me. Man. <laughs> no, listen, thanks so much, thanks so much. So, Andrew is, is another one of my uh, one of, one of the, the the current athletes that I have um, on this show. One of the few that uh, that are still currently playing, but you know, graciously agreed to to, to be to be a guest on the show. So, um, so really, really appreciate it, man. And yeah, let's. It's, it's been a minute since we since we saw each other. Um, not as long as as some of the other guests because Andrew and I uh, we played against each other in college a, a few times <laughs> good old times. Um, yeah yeah good times. so when i was at, at providence college and this was this was like the old big east right this was like yeah. before the big east kind of changed but when i was at providence college well when i was at providence and when andrew was at, Pro, uh, at at uconn sorry um uh the big east had 16 teams and it was separated by like Two two divisions. There was like the red division and the blue division, yeah. and um, and there were eight teams in each. And Providence was in the same. It was in the blue division with um, with with UConn. So we played each other. Um, we played each other twice, I think. So we played each other um, once each year that I was there yeah. and that he was there. Once once home, once away. Um, I think you know. I, I'm trying to. I try to remember back. I think. I think we might have got the best of you one of those times. Or... <laughs> yeah, the one, the one at Providence, <laughs> the one at Providence. Okay, yeah, okay. I remember. Gotcha. That. <laughs> I was so, I, I, there's a few, there's a few games in college that I'll always forever remember, and and two of them are against you know just Long Island guys that you know like you and Jimmy Nealis got one up on me, man. It really pisses me off. <laughs> Listen, the thing about it or two is that right and. The thing about it was that at Providence, the Providence's field, and we knew this. Like Providence's field right now is 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 nice. They they it's a whole big old turf field stadium. Providence's field when I was there, um, the Glay Dome we called it was. Um, I mean, it was a it was a it was a grass field with a lot of just um, <laughs> you know a lot, a lot of um, a lot of ditches and um, you know and especially when it rained right and and the mud come on I mean it was a W for us right away we just knew because we were like man we get a team like UConn they want to come here and play knock the ball around they're not gonna be able to do that here so <laughs> so uh, thank you to 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 the Glade Dome at yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy that yo that home field advantage is no joke man <laughs> and then we I played th- it good I, I really thought that was all baloney until I, I seen that I was like yo. Oh, man's can't even knock the ball. <laughs> <laughs> that was our secret weapon, man. Especially that's why we tried to get the top teams playing at home because you get them on that grass field. We know we know where the ditches is. We know where the dirt <laughs> patches are. So, <laughs> and then I think we played. And then I played you uh, one time at your field, and 
I can't remember the result of that game, but I do remember. I don't think that you you all had a top defense that year with you and um, and Blake and goal. And I don't think you all let up a goal until we played y'all, if I, if yeah. I remember correctly. And, and uh, I don't know if we won or, or I don't know if we tied or you might even even beat us, but we were just so happy that we scored a goal on y'all. Nah, we, we, <laughs> we won it. I think y'all took the lead on that one. Came back. We came back second half. Okay. Yeah, okay. now nah, Ray, Ray almost chopped our heads off. There's a few games, man, when, like, he doesn't care. Like, hey, he cares, you know, when he loses. But, like, when he just doesn't see good performances, you know, it's when man's just about to lose it. And at halftime, <laughs> this man lost it on us. Just Dang. like, yeah, I, I can get into details, but I don't want to get past, <laughs> go past PG. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. No, that's good to know. Listen, <laughs> that man's a legend, Ray Reed, the head coach of, of UConn. So, um, so Brentwood, we, Brentwood native. Yeah, yeah, that too, that too. That's yeah. right, that's right. So, and and speaking of Brentwood, yeah, so Andrew, um, I I grew up playing against Andrew in in club ball. Yeah, he's he's wearing his Brentwood uh his Brentwood tracksuit right now. So appreciate it. Yeah. So um, and he yeah. So we grew up. You know, I played for for my boyhood club Auburndale based in um like Albendale Bayside area of Queens and Andrew played for Brentwood um based out of Brentwood Long Island and um you know they always had a, had a, had a good squad we had a good squad so we always you know kind of just going at each other I think it stood out just because you know my dad was the coach and his mom mm. was the coach so <laughs> that was always <laughs> I feel like, you know, I just remember, like, your mom, your mom was no joke, man. Your mom was no joke, and she'd be on the sideline. I'd be like, y'all, like, I'm afraid to make a mistake. Uh, she's she's still battling it out at the fields to this day. She's still whipping she? those kids, but yeah, man, she's <laughs> she's right or die for that that club, man. But yeah, back then it was it was nervous, man. The time she benched me, like you you gonna bench your son? <laughs> Listen, she did. She did not hold back, like at all. She did not hold back. So, not, I mean, it paid off, though. It paid off. You yeah. know, she doesn't get enough recognition. You know, like uh, for the for the amount of work that she done. You know what I mean? And you know, there's only so many coaches online that could sit here and say they had a player, they coached a player to go pro. My yeah. mom got four kids on her belt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you know that touch that touch the pro leagues. You know what I mean? Like and had them since day one. You know her and right. friends. So. You know, but like, you know, obviously, you know, it gets overshadowed by, you know, other men's success and you're, you know, gotchi. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Academy, <laughs> academies and stuff. That was like I started. Yeah, people forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, listen, in my eyes, she's a legend. Like, you know, in my eyes, because I mean, I know she was heavily involved in, in Brentwood. I felt like she was the face of Brentwood, not just the coach. Like, that's that's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> no, still, I still, yeah. I still go. I mind you, this I'm, I'm supposed to be the celebrity, right? I go back home day like, yo, you Violet Smith's son, like, yeah, I got a name, fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone knows Violet. Everyone uh, knows Violet. That's great, Queen V. Yeah, shout out, shout out. <laughs> um, but listen, man, really appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you coming on this show. Um. Again, just really think it'll be interesting to kind of get your insight as as a current player and someone who's who's had a great career and um, spent time in different countries and different things like that. So um, so we'll get into a little bit more into that as we go along. But why don't we just um just kind of kick it off? So how did you get into um, soccer and and just what kind of initiated your love for the sport? I mean, um, you know, everybody in the family was playing it. My mom used to play it. My dad used to play it. My brother was playing it. He split his time between basketball and soccer, but I mean, basketball is always just in the winter time, right? Um, 
just when like soccer season is ending and then the rest of the year it's always soccer so that's kind of what i gravitated towards as well um you know and like my brother was pretty good at basketball but to say i don't know there's a little bit about me that felt like i was gonna be better than him at soccer than basketball you know so i don't know what it was but um you know i kind of just you know push push for that more you know and um yeah just worked my butt off with amazing kids and players that i played with you know growing up you know what i mean like you look at from from where we were, you know, to to get where we got to, you know, like you know, you was in the Big East, Jimmy was in the Big East, you know what I mean? But it's not like we were the 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 superstars coming out of Long Island, you know what I mean? We were just good players that were well known, you know. But we we uh, we we were able to get our names on the map, you know what I mean? And uh, Long Island being New York, just being the place where just well, too many kids. Uh, and to stand out amongst all of them is, you know, it's quite an achievement, you know, and yeah. I think we did that very well growing up, you know, and then obviously state ODP days, you know, <laughs> ID camps. Yeah. You know, those, um, I think, um, you know, but the way us soccer is kind of going, you know I mean? They, they, they miss that, you know what I mean? Not having that anymore, you know, cause that's what got us a recognition, you know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to step yeah. out. You know, remember, remember Joe Jow? Like, we played with Joe Jow, and you, you, you <laughs> saw where he went off, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, absolutely. It, Earl Edwards, like, yeah, there's a lot of guys who, you know, they were able to get through those those rankings like that. Nowadays, it's, you know, whose parents has the money to get them into a proper academy, right? Yeah, so I think I think it was just, um, yeah, just growing up, it was it was just more like a natural a natural way to, to of finding talent, and it was, it was, um, you know, it was it was it was pretty structured, and and you know, it's it's debatable, right? Whether whether it's because you know the U.S. model now is, it seems like it's trying to replicate the European model. So, um, but I mean, for us, just as like the memories and the different things, like the ID camps and the in the Region One camps that we went to, and just interacting, having places that we can have all players from a, a section or a region of of the United States in one area was. I mean that was solid. That was solid. Yeah. So yeah, totally agree. And you know, our, you know, we was nice. Our region was too nice, let alone our state team. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but Absolutely. Just, but the, the the difference is though, you know, it was always New York. Then it'll be like Texas, Cali, you know, Florida's in there. But you know what the advantage and Georgia and stuff. The advantage that they had is when it comes around November, December, they're still in hot climates. You know, playing all yeah, year round. It's true. When I got to fall, when we was at like, Corona Park at F- in Flushing, <laughs> out here like, busting our chops off, like yo, you can't take yeah, that from yeah, us, man. We nah, was out here, we was out, we was out there putting a different grind, and then we had like when we had yeah. nowhere else to play, we were over here playing futsal indoors and stuff like that. You don't understand yeah. Yeah, the grind yeah, yeah. that you know East Coasters have to have to make to make it this far. You know, and that's why I have a lot more respect since I came to Canada. You know, because the resources and the facilities available to such players are not the same, you know, and if you're outside the major cities, how you get those looks. Right. <laughs> you see what I mean? So it's, it's, it's interesting. One of the things, uh, these last several years realizing it because now I'm kind of taking a more wider, like out of the box view of it. Cause you know, I'm looking to be a coach and stuff like that. And, uh, just seeing what's the, the, the progress that a player needs to make. And it's, you gotta be here and that's an academy, how to yeah. be an academy. It's always money. So, right. Starting it off, uh, I think that's one of the things that, you know, we avoided and were able to progress well. And that's what kind of got me into the 40, just the, the thrill of it all. You know, it wasn't European system based, but it was competitive growing up, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely was. No, it definitely was. We have some good memories. And and looking back at it, what you know, <clears throat> what was your dream? What what did you ultimately want to accomplish with with soccer? I mean, as soon as I knew that you know soccer was the sport I could beat my brother at, uh, <laughs> it was to go pro. You know, it was <clears throat> it was to go pro, obviously. But um, it's funny because when we came around like 14, 15 years old, um, you know, Andres and um, Juan David. You know what yeah. I mean? When they when they went over to like Brazil, and I went to milk up like months months after they uh, went to went to Brazil. But like when you know they came back in like a year and a half, two years later, you know, and as I was going to the milk cup, and I'm thinking, damn, I should have went to Brazil with them. You know, they they went and got into the system. You know, because mm-hmm. that's what that's what it has to be. You, you got to get yourself in one of these academy systems. And here he is, get, uh, here they are being invited from New York. You know, so it's just like, damn, I thought I was missing out. Cause it's like with with your dream, it's what path do we take? Right. You know, do you get into the system the academy program here? Do you get do you get the academy program there? Uh, but you you just don't know which route is going to be the best one for you that best suits you, right? So you know, I saw doors open, saw doors closing, you know, and I'm seeing like my chances of becoming pro. Like, what is it? Like, what am I going to be left with? You know. So did I have a few a few national team call ups? Yeah. Get called up to uh, um, Adidas uh, ESP camp. Yeah. Um, uh, got scouted by good schools. Yeah. Okay. But like, did I think this was going to get me to where I wanted to be? I don't know. I thought it was just going to get me to a good school and then I'd be, just become a good collegiate athlete. And, yeah. You know, and, and then it's after that, it's just a dime a dozen that they're taking out that actually goes pro, you know, because I thought their concern was more with the American guys coming from Europe. Come to find out, I was just thinking too many years in advance when it came to that. Because when I came, it was like, no, they concentrated on the American kids. But by the time uh, I was getting older, it was just like, no, we gotta go, we gotta go get these uh, young American kids that are playing all sorts of places in the world. You know, their their mom here has a French passport, and the dad is U.S. You know, but they're living in France. Go get them. You know, so it's, mm. um, you know, you start you start seeing the system for what it is from the outside. You know, now and after being inside and it's 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 all about timing you know what i mean and a little bit of luck um yeah. and you know i was i was lucky to go to a good school you know and have two good seasons to the point where uh i was able to make a decision you know stay in, stay in university or go pro and <laughs> no brainer <laughs> <laughs> i mean after, after i've been not, like turning down a few academies already you know, I've, I've you know, Desportivo Brazil, uh, Espanol in Spain, um, Shamrock Rovers in Ireland. Like after I turned down three like academy programs growing up and stuff like that, I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta make a choice eventually. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, like I, I thought it, I, I saw it as like, I was getting up here options, and then not to say MLS is below them. I mean, theoretically they are in equivalence to like you know, um world-class uh footy but um so when i saw it was like mls was the ones that were giving my offers i didn't get the ones in europe like i had before and stuff like that it was that's how i was like ah, now's the time why wait for next year my college coach Ray's tried to talk to me and he's like nah 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 it's too soon wait next year wait next year i'm just like well i was a freshman all-american and i was uh big, big east defender of the year the next year like why there's no guaranteedness that I'm going to have that good of a season next year. If I don't, then my stock goes down, you know what I mean? But I go, I stay another year, my stock goes up. 
Right, right. Yeah, that's that's definitely a tough balancing act because I remember I remember for you in particular, like, you know, you did your first two years at UConn. Um, I think you were, yeah, so you were team captain as a sophomore. I remember seeing that. I was like, damn, like, Andrew's captain of UConn as a sophomore. Like, that, you know, that's pretty big. And then also, <laughs> to, be like, fair, to be fair, our cap, uh, other captains got subbed off. So I was, oh, like, I was, <laughs> I was like, wait, there. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But I remember even, yeah, and I remember I was like, like, like you, you know, and and I remember that you were, you were really, you were drafted real high, you know, in the, in the top ten, and and to not take that, like, like you said, like you just never know what's going to happen. So you mentioned just, you know, you turned down maybe, you know, you you had certain offers possibly, you know, before college, and and you turned those down, and 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 it's all about the path that you take. Now, kind of looking back at it, are you, you know, are you are you happy? Are you fully satisfied with the path that you, the path that you took to get to where you're at? Right yeah, it's it's so hard to even tell sometimes because it took me a, a while before I had the confidence, you know, because when I turned down those other options, it wasn't because I felt like I was like someone that was full of themselves. That's like, oh, this is all they offer me? Too little. If any, if anything, I was actually uh, very, like, insecure of my abilities back then, you know? Like, um, like did I think I was good? Yeah. But was I that good, you know? And, um, you know, my mom did make a good point about, um, she's like, go, go. Cause my brother had went through university already. And then, you know, go get a go, go, go for like one f- spring semester. And then you'll see, like, you're going to be hitting the gyms all the time. Da, 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 at 7am workouts. Then you're going to be at a different physical fitness than you were the, when you first arrived to university. So I was like, okay, that would that would make a difference, you know? But, um, so like with the confidence I have now, if I had it back then, I probably would have took the first deal that came, you know, but I ultimately didn't just because I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was ready, you know, um, you know, and I actually took a U20 national team camp to kind of, to set, to set my mind. Cause, um, I think I was like 17 at the time and at that camp I was, I was killing it. Like I was, I was legit killing it, you know, like it's a seven day, eight day camp. Day two, day three, I had the assistant coach and goalie coach coming up to me, asking me for my sizes, for taking me to the milk cup, and da-da-da, like, we're going to recommend you for the Olympic squad, yes and that. And I'm like, yo, say less. I'm just over here. I'm like, yo, I'm on my grind right now. Let me. And I, this one, I had the confidence. But then there was a game where I played bad. I didn't play bad. I just started off bad, mm. you know. And coach thought it was like an attitude thing because he took me off the, the starting lineup for the last game of the whole camp. Mind you. Five scrimmage, no, four scrimmages. Three of them I started with the first thing. Last one, he takes me out. Mm. He starts and puts me on with the second squad. And he thought it was an attitude. So that day was like a wake-up call for me because uh, who was it that we were playing? I think it was like San Jose's like under-23 team or their academy team, whatever. Okay. And I, yeah, I guess that's why they were ultimately mad at me because it was just, it wasn't that good of, good of a game in comparison to what I did before. You know, because once again, like I said, Chivas USA's reserve team, San Jose's reserve team, and I played well. So when when we're over here playing the under twenty threes, and I'm not having a good game, they were just like, "Yo, what?" Like, and they thought it was an attitude thing, this and that, blah blah blah. Mm, they ripped me, ripped me apart. Mm, mm. But because of that, I mean, it's, it was a humbling moment because yeah. then I then I knew I'm like, all right, I there's still more on me that I need to work on. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's that that can be huge, especially, you know, those those kind of moments like that. Um and where, you know, you've you've obviously had 
um, you've had some really kind of high points in, in your career. And even in the intro, I pointed out that that game winning header, which I actually was watching live, you know, with my with my pops. And we saw that, you know, you were starting that game we're like, oh, we got to watch this. And and I watched the highlight because after I was writing the interview, I watched the highlight. You took off your shirt. I so, I mean, there were like, you know, there were there were definitely moments and, and you went on and, and you played in, you know, I didn't I didn't mention this in the intro, but you played in Malaysia, you played in Sweden. And you're, you're now playing in Canada. You're representing um, the, the the Haitian men's national team as well. You represented the U.S. national team at youth youth um, camps or, or other tournaments. So, what was like? What was the point? You've obviously had a you know very fulfilling career, but what was the point where you really kind of felt like, man, I'm at the I'm at the highest point right now um, of my career, and 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 you're still playing, so it could be now. But it, you know, if you could point to a point, what would it be? It's so hard because club wise. I say when I went to Red Bulls, mm. when I went there, because they sent me my contract offer, but um, they wanted to see me in preseason first. So basically, I went on a trial. They sent so they sent my offer first. I signed it, and they weren't gonna announce me until they seen me. So for me, I felt like that was a big confidence boost in the sense of I I showed what I'm capable of doing. You know what I mean? Are you gonna? stop playing around this contract and not announce me and then they did so that that was a as far as club level yeah i would say that but as far as internationally because i do represent the haitian national team would be 2019 where we made it to semifinals you know and i mean we lost to mexico because of a pk you know and so like there, there was just different times uh you know but um i think of where i was where i was at in my career, it was it would have to be being brought over to Red Bulls. But where I think where I was at as a player, regardless of where I was, just as a player, I would have to say it's 2019. Because uh, nice. what, what I was doing with my Swedish team at the time, we were top of the table, pushing promotion to the second division. Uh, it was actually the season right after Kobe won it in, um, what did he win in, Finland? And- Kobe Spann, yeah. Kobe Spann was in Finland. Right, right, right. Player that we grew up playing with, right. Exactly. And baller he was. Um, so yeah, so that inspired me. I'm like, yo, I gotta get this promotion, dog, because that's that's where it's at, you know. And so as a player, I was there, you know. I'd say 2019, you know, because nice. that's that's where I was. But <sighs> so many other reasons why I didn't fulfill out to what I was destined to. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely get it. I get it. I mean, just the fact that you're still playing, right? I mean, you've been, you know, you had a hella, hella good uh college career and the fact that you're um you know we're, we're around 30 years old right now and you're still playing so um regardless of, of what what could have been or what happened you know still a hell of a career and and with that being said you know um is is have you have you kind of you know have you thought about about life after sports when you know like the playing days come to an end is that is that something that that you've you've kind of thought about in in terms of um what next steps would be like for you yep a full-time stay-at-home father oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> listen no shame no shame in that <laughs> <laughs> nah but in all seriousness no i mean i want to be opposed to it but uh um, I mean, I have a few a few ideas I've been bouncing off. You know, one of the, one of the businesses being um, you know academy team, not academy team, academy uh, academy level training. You know, from like fourteens uh, to to seventeen, eighteens, and then have like a another branch of it that concentrates on college and athlete, uh, pro athletes when they're nice. in the off season. I mean, one of the things um, that I've noticed every single year 
when I come back for all season is, uh, I mean, New York has a bunch of ballers now, pro ballers now, you know? It's not just Chris Armas and Chris Wingert when we were growing up. No, we got Leo Fernandez, we got Kakadim, we got me, we got Parker, we got, like, yo, and then not, and I need to get started with the college athletes, you know? But, right. um, you know, that's something I want to do is focus on, like, an environment where they can come back home, be home, not having to feel like they have to travel somewhere for it and get that kind of quality training when they're in the off season, you know? So, um, so. that's, uh, I mean, that's going to come in with due time with getting a facility and all that stuff. But another idea of mine that I know that I wouldn't be able to do it here specifically in, in Canada would be uh, a food, a food truck. Honestly, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've tasted so many delicacies and, you know, it's, some of it needs to be uh, brought over to other places in the world because you know not many people would have tried it if they hadn't been to this side of the world. And I have, I had the, I have, I've had the pleasure to be on that side of the other side of the world, try it. Now I want to bring it over. You know what I mean? Yeah. On top yeah. of you know the 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 New York amazing food that there is, you know the <laughs> empanadas, the beef patties, the the gyros, the, you know whatever you want. Preach, you know? preach. So yeah, like yeah. these are these are things. Uh, you know these are little ventures that I plan on. You know, getting started when um, uh, you know when I'm nearing my exit, but um, but most likely, I think the first thing first will probably be coaching. You know, I got my coaching license out here in Canada. Um, if I retire with this club specifically, you know, I've I feel like I've been doing a lot for this community and for the club. So, um, you know, obviously, with everything goes well, I would hope to like kind of transition into the club and in the in coaching staff positions, and then see where it takes me from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's nice, man. And listen, I was thinking about this the other day when I was just, um, you know, because obviously I've, I've, I've been interviewing different people and, and, and I mean, especially you, I mean, prime example, right? Like, I mean, soccer has been able to take you to, to just places around the world that, that maybe you never, you never would have even, even thought of or, or had the chance to go to. And, and you even mentioning like, you know, like the food truck or different things. Cause I mean, you've, you've tried probably just so many different cuisines and you just, so, I mean, I'm sure that that's like, yeah, you have like you realize just just how much you can bring back, you know, in terms of bringing that back and making that into something, you know, kind of in in, in New York. So, um, listen, shout out to you, and and if you stay out there coaching, listen, just stay warm. All right? That's what I was <laughs> <say>. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. Just a couple of days ago, we're outside. It's snowing. It's our last training session because guys are going back. It's snowing. I looked at the our AT. She's on the side holding the water bottles and yada yada. And those, you know, those little hand warmers, those pot, the ones that you crack open yeah. and heat up, man, that shit got cold. In, oh, no, excuse my language. It got cold in like 10 minutes, 10 minutes, yeah. 30 wow. minutes, 30 yeah. minutes before training was even over again. It was frozen. I feel like, like there's like a 30 minute guarantee on those. So, so if that's getting cold in 10 minutes, then that's <laughs> well, listen, um, you know, you, you've, I'm sure. And, and one thing that, that I think is pretty pretty admirable about you is, is, um, is, is kind of like your leadership qualities. You know, you've been, you've been a captain on, you know, from just, we're just kind of digging up data on you. You've been, a, I know you've been a captain at UConn and I know that, that you've been a captain at, at multiple club teams that you played at as well. And, and with that, I think comes, you know, you mentioned you got your coaching license and, and with that comes, you know, obviously outside of the leadership is, is different lessons and things like that, that, that you're kind of passing on possibly to younger players or, or maybe even people that you're going to be coaching and things like that. But, if you can give, you know, and I know that you're still in the in the playing, you're still in your playing career, you know, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you're still feeling good. You still could play a few more years, hopefully. But um, 
you know, I'm sure that you've had conversations with, um, you know, possibly with people that have retired or that have come back and talked to you about different things. Um, but if you can give, you know, one piece of advice about their transition process outside of sports and, and sport retirement, even though you haven't reached it just yet, what do you think that would be? I mean, um, the, uh, my co-captain this year, he's, um, he said, he had said that he's going to retire at the end of the season. And, you know, I'm sure for different reasons, you know, he was going through like, you know, just physical battles every day, you know, and, but he, he figured out what was those issues and now he's feel he's feeling better than ever. So we, I don't know if he's still going to, you know, follow up on the idea of him retiring, but you know, I, I, I chat with him every day. His locker was right next to mine. And, you know, we talked about, you know, what's it going to be like, you know, his wife has a job out here. He's from, he's from Northern Ireland, by the way. Wife has a job out here. Kid, uh, kids in school, uh, starting kindergarten. Uh, no preschool. Wait, which one comes first? Kindergarten or preschool? Preschool. Preschool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. You know, start, start, starting preschool next year. You know, so it's like wow. You know, um, you know, you're so engraved. But his coaching transition is not necessarily going to be here in Winnipeg. Most likely, it will take him down to, you know, another team in America. So. Um, it's interesting hearing how like his input on how he's gonna go about it because I mean I find that transition so much more difficult when you have a family to kind of bring along with you you know and uh, I think uh, ultimately though for for any player that's on the verge of you know retirement or anything you know prop you know make sure you save properly you know prepare for you know a couple months where you're not finding a job right away you know depending on who you are some people are resourceful some people aren't. You know, and that's that. I can, I think that's one of the scariest things for some guys going into the retirement world because not everybody gets a coaching license, not everybody yeah. is you know doing you know part time private training. So you know, but then again, some people do have degrees, so that helps out. You know, for the for the for them at least. You know, but for the for the many of them, you know, because guys are being brought out of high school, being brought out of college. You know, and. You know, you, you you have high hopes that they make it so big that they never have to have another financial worry. But the reality is, you know, find a hobby that you're good at and make money off of it. You know, actually, I heard that I heard that on a Pinterest one time. <laughs> find something you're good at. Find something you're good at and get paid for it. And yeah, hey, <laughs> you see, so um, you know, I I hope I hope that's enough in the sense of. Uh, what does someone pick? But yeah, ultimately, just yeah, save up the money for it because the best thing you could do is when that idea does hit you of what you want to do, you have your, you know, you have your first step, and it's yeah, yeah, and then the second step is actually doing it. But the first step is <laughs> having the money to do it. Right. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. No, I think it's all about preparation, and and that's you know that's right there. I let, I think that's a that that Pinterest point is a good point to to end off on. Find a hobby that you love and and make money doing it. Right. Um, that's that's the goal. So, um, listen, that listen, I think that's that's great. I mean, that's that's something that um you know that that we all strive to do, right? And um and those that are able to do it, I think, have the most fulfilling lives, right? So, listen, Andrew, um. This was great, man. I really, I really appreciate just having you on. You know, getting the, your perspective um, on on different things as someone who, um, like I said, has 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 been just about uh, just about all over, and and someone who, as you mentioned, you know, have have those are having those thoughts and 
and are preparing. You know, it sounds like you're you're, you're definitely preparing. So, um, you know, I think this is good. this will be super helpful for for other people just kind of going through those things and, and some of the experience that you have is invaluable. So, um, listen, man, really just just appreciate you have, having you on and and um, you know just stay warm out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you let me borrow your headphones, that's earmuffs. <laughs> nah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna do my best out here. I'm gonna do my best. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be home in a few months because, uh, like, so this is what I tell you about, about pre- preparing for you know that all season life. So right now I'm so engraved with this club. Right now I'm doing the academy coaching for the boys and girls. Oh, nice. You see what I mean? So coaching license, coaching the academy. You know, like I'm just trying to dig my fingers deep in there you know yeah, uh, yeah i'm having a few more i have like a few other like options and contracts bring me into other teams and situations you know what i mean but in preparation of you know life after footy you know this this one year contract with this other team yeah financially it's great but will i be able to come back to winnipeg will i be able to come will i be able to stay there and kind of you know dig my fingers deep into the into the right. team like i'm doing here you know there's no guarantee so um, along with that preparation is, is, is patience. So, hope all Love your that. hope all your followers remember that, and you know, so I hope they I hope I wish them the best for it because yeah, it's a it's a hard world out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. Patience too. Yeah, that's a good point as well. <laughs> well, um, well, Angie, listen. Next time we're in you're in New York, you know, we'll we'll definitely link up. Um, but um, but yeah, listen. Best of luck to you the rest of the season, and um, and uh, really again appreciate you coming on. We'll chat again soon, man. Nah, man, I appreciate this absolutely, man. I got I got plenty of friends, plenty of other ballers that you know I'm sure they would love to come and do this as well. And if you ever want to chop it up on next World Cup winners or whatever, maybe just holler. At you, man. <laughs> I got you, man.